spin that shit. You are listening to the You Should Watch podcast. But lay it on me, Big Daddy. Wait, People Magazine said. <laughs> what? Time Magazine says, I can't believe this is a show. Wait, and do I have to also watch that shitty documentary? You do have to watch that shitty documentary. Wait, God damn it, Justice, put down those invisible balls. God, now you got a rope. Damn it, Justice. Wait, oh, here are your hosts. Wait, Chris and Joe. Wait, Butcher sure didn't do that last week. What was that? Wait, wait, you're not recording right now, right? No, I am. What? All right, we're here for episode 14. <laughs> no, really, we just started the podcast. Okay. So, are you excited for episode 14? Oh, yeah. Do you have anything for our uh, opening segment? Have you prepared anything this week, unlike any other week? I do, actually. I have a few things. Okay, so we'll do. You want to do your stuff first? I do. Um, today is actually a special day. Um, I've, I've been watching David Lynch theater every week, uh, every day. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a morning ritual for me. Uh-huh. Um, today is actually uh, the anniversary of D Day. Oh, okay. Wasn't that? Yeah, oh, yeah uh, David Lynch. Yeah, it is. Got yeah. that? Yeah, I was thinking of. Um I thought it was in December, but that's Pearl Harbor. I was confused for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He told quite a yarn today of a dream he had where he died on D-Day where he was fighting for the Germans at 16. Okay. Where uh, an American soldier, soldier shot him and he felt the warm blood coming out of him. Uh, and then it just went dark, and that's how the video ended. Huh. Yeah. It's a weird choice to pick the Germans. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't have told that dream. I probably just would have said, it's the anniversary of D-Day. <laughs> and ended it. Um, but I, I found that interesting. That is interesting. Um. I saw one yeah. from the other day, and he had a uh, Black Lives Matter sign in the back. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I found that pretty neat. And he kind of, like, just, you know, said his weather spiel and got up. Um, it was it was pretty good, uh, t- like, writing, too. Yeah. Like, his text was on point. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I got? Uh, oh, I found um, a new... YouTube channel that I'm pretty down with. It's all about 1700s cooking. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Right? I don't know, like, what else did they have other than just meat and vegetables? And dairy, I guess. Um, a lot of pies. Yeah. Um. Is it 17th century, like, American cooking? Yeah, and like, like um, some like they call it they call it cookery. Okay. Now, is it seventeenth um, century or seventeen hundreds? Well, it's eighteenth century would be the seventeen hundreds. Correct. So it, it's eighteenth century cooking. Gotcha. Okay. 
So um, I think that's what I said, right? I didn't say 17th century, right? I don't, rem- I don't remember if you – I just remember you saying 17. I don't remember if you said hundreds or a century. Yeah. I think I think I said it right because I didn't want to mess it up. Well, it's a good thing we have this recorded. <laughs> so, it's a good thing we have this recorded. Yeah. We'll uh, find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I, I, yeah. So it's all like pretty cool. Um, some of it I, I don't want to eat. Right. But some of it's like pretty uh, cool. Like there's two recipes I'm going to try. One's called a baked onion. Okay. It, it's literally like how you bake a potato. It's just a baked onion. So do you peel it? No. So you just put the whole like, onion? Whole onion on, in an oven. And then like once it's done, like you just kind of squeeze it out of its like uh, onion shell. Right. And then you put like salt and butter on it. And uh, like yeah, you have to like onions, I, I guess, which I do. Yeah. Um, and then you just eat it like that. He's, he's like, it's very good. And especially if you were a poor person, this is great. Yeah, I like how it's like add salt and butter. <laughs> like yeah. that makes anything taste good. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he's very interesting. Um, he also has like a, a, a store. He also he, well, I should also mention he dresses up uh-huh. like for the part. Okay. Um, and he sells clothing. So if you got a chance, uh, his name the channel's called Townsends. Uh, I I don't like I'll spell it. Uh, T O W N S E N D S. He's got one point uh, three two million uh, subscribers, so he's doing something right. Huh. That's interesting because um, um, he's. I was gonna say the Townsend family was a big family in Long Island, on Long Island, in the seventeen hundreds. Because they were His um, jazz, huh? His name's Jass. Oh. J-A-S. Yeah, I know, because I know... Um, Is he one, one of them? I don't know. Well, I wouldn't know, because he's modern day. But uh, We'll find it out. I will. But um, in that show, there was an AMC show called Turn, about the American Revolution. Okay. And it was based on, you know, like people who actually existed, and there was a family in Oyster Bay that were known as the Townsend. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And there's actually a huh. um, hotel in Greenport, where, is, where my grandmother grew up, that's called Townsend Manor. Hmm. So they might have roots to Long Island. Yeah. Well, that's something. Yeah. He also made something called Ash Cakes. Ash so, Cakes? Like, revolutionary soldiers were just given flour. Okay. They weren't given breads because it would go moldy. Right. So that that's a drag. So they would just... They would give them sacks of flour, and they would mix it with water. And if they were lucky enough to have salt, they would mix salt in. But they would put it on, like, they would put the flour either in between leaves or on a piece of wood or just on the coals. And it would make, like, this little flat piece of bread. And huh. then they would eat it. And they were Right? Called, Isn't this interesting? This is we very interesting. It's a history podcast. And they were called ass cakes? Yes, they were called ass cakes. Because <laughs> you used to put them in your back pocket to store them. Yes, or in between your ass <laughs> to keep them warm. This is good. Yeah. This all went well. Yep. Did you make a fart sound or was that just... No, that was... Me. I, was that only on my end? No, that's my chair. I got to try to... 
limit oh, me. Oh, okay. That move. was just good timing. Yeah, I got to limit myself moving in the chair. Because I, when I listened back to last week's episodes, I heard the chair a couple of times. Yeah, I did too. So that was you, just good timing, though. That was yeah. funny. If you hear that um, that noise, it's just my leather chair I'm sitting in. Okay. Um, so do you have anything else for the opening? or? No, I mean, I could talk more about food history, but I think that's it. Yeah, we could save that for another. I like maybe your your thing would be food history corner at the beginning of every episode. I don't really feel like doing that. Okay. <laughs> so I, I guess we'll move into our uh, regular first segment, which is uh, the Rona corner. It's probably a short one. Just yeah. to say, uh, do, do you have it? You're good? No. Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought you called it Rony Corner. Nope. And that I, that you don't call it that. Okay. No, no I'm Rona. good. Yep, me neither. Okay. Good. So now we're going to move on to a new segment <laughs> that I came up with for this week. It's called... Do I know uh, about this? No, you... I haven't told you yet. It's called... Uh, okay. All right. Fuck the Police Corner. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and it's just, we'll just talk about, obviously, I, I feel like we can't do a podcast with at least not mentioning what's going on in the world right now. Okay. I, I feel like it would be an insult. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, something, did you see, like, I was, did you see the Buffalo thing? Or, like, have you seen uh, the video? I haven't watched, I, there was probably new police brutality stuff last night, but I haven't. Seen any Is of it, it the old man video? Yeah. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. Oh my god, what the fuck was that? Spent, like, and it's just oh so my god. when you see him just laying there with blood pouring out of his ears. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh my god! And like the one, like the one cop kind of goes to like help him up, and then the other cops just like, no, 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 keep moving. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? Like that just goes against every like basic human emotion to help a person and at one point it was actually it's hard to imagine it but it was actually worse at one point because there was reports that they thought he was just returning a police helmet to them oh my god are you kidding me but apparently that's because he was holding a helmet but it appears that it was actually his like bicycle helmet or something i think i don't know that's what i said so i don't know i really don't know but i know that was the thing out there but it's still it's still bad. I mean, I, I, I didn't really see what he was doing. It didn't necessarily look like he was doing something either way. Yeah. It didn't necessarily. It didn't look like a police helmet, but right. It didn't. It, I mean, I don't know whether he was protesting or not. I mean, fucking pushed out. I don't know how I, he was in his seventies to push down a seventy-year-old yeah. man. And there was another video. I, I know they got suspended without pay, which is great, but I kind of think they should be let go. Yeah, and then the 57 other members of that team, because it was like a special unit or something. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, I signed, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they, they resigned from that team in protest of the two cops being suspended. Okay, then I misunderstood that. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, man, yeah. it's the... Don't understand that. It's... Obviously. I, I misunderstood that because I thought they resigned, like they went off because they thought it was wrong. No, they, and, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they didn't quit the police department. They just quit that 
squad. But, right. They have to know that's wrong, right? Well, that's that's the the problem is that like that's the mindset that is in, I guess instilled with you as a cop is you don't like go against other cops. Like you're right no matter what. Like there's no Yeah. And then, yeah, that sucks. And that's the thing, like, how I view, like, once again, you know, I'm not probably the most qualified person to say, obviously, I've never been a cop, and I've never really had any uh-huh. experience with them, but just the way I feel, like, noticing interactions, of videos with, like, you know, between police and people, is uh-huh. they they have, like, a mindset where it's almost like an us against everyone else, and, like, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys at all costs, and... And it, it almost like dehumanizes a person because it's like we're not yeah. – you're not a person to us. You're just someone that we you know, have power over. You have to listen to what we yeah. say at all costs. Yeah, that sucks. We're never wrong. You're always right. You know, we have these you know, powers. We have authority so over you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. But and it, it sucks because there are – good cops and then they get fucking wrangled into this like boys club yeah and then they they have to go along with it and then they get like they're a part of the system now and i don't know then they're a part of it now and that everything's shitty it's they they don't like if there is one good cop they don't have the power to try to change because then once they do it you know they're labeled as the snitch or whatever and like right yeah and they're fucked over and it's funny too because i think it was um uh dave anthony you know from the dollop he's probably gonna bring mm-hmm. him up I, yeah i know a lot. but um I, he had a tweet the other day it was something like it makes it's like do you ever realize how in a lot of cop movies internal affairs are always the bad guys <laughs> like that's kind of like a right <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but um i also have like you know i don't know if you saw the guy on the bike in new york because they were like he was yeah what back. was that like i i only saw the beginning of that video like i well the end i guess where they're hitting him yeah so well i guess because well they've created this um uh what's it called curfew in the city yeah. which is kind of just a way to make protesting illegal because Right, they yeah. can say you're out after the curfew. Like it's a it's a made up kind of. I mean, I know all laws technically are made up, but it's kind of like yeah. Um, and I guess he was like riding back, and I guess they thought he wasn't complying the way they wanted him to, so they started beating him with batons. Yeah, I uh, I, I the lady's like, oh my god, they're hitting him. Yeah, because there was another video too where a guy was arrested on his the front steps of his apartment building because they said he was out. After curfew. Yeah, I didn't see that one, but uh, well, I was watching some video. It was Inside Edition, and there the guy. It was it was for the the video with the seventy seventy seven year old man, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, you know, these cops are out there, and you know, they're tired, and they're doing like they're working long hours, this that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, that is true, but they, you know. It, you shouldn't push down a 77-year-old man. Yeah. Like, you still have the power to just, like, you know, if, I understand some people can't leave their jobs and stuff, but it's like, 
You can just stand there and not do anything. You can just let them right. protest. It's you don't very have to easy be a to dick stand. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Did it's... you see the video of the the woman? Um, I forget where she was, but she was like, it was at night, and she was like fucking pissed, screaming at everybody. Like, I, like I, there was obviously no one looting at the time. Did you see that video? I don't think so. Um. She was, I, I, I don't know where she was, but she was, like, telling people to, like, stop doing this. Like, I live here. Like, there are people that use this shit. Like, there are homeless men yeah. that use these charging stations. Like, you destroy this shit and go home to your comfortable lives. Yeah. And now we have to live here. And I'm like, that is fucking true. Like, there are people that are destroying shit, and then you get to go home. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. And that's the but thing. Then, yeah, go on. No, I was just gonna say that's the thing is I feel like the real unfortunate thing is there are people out there who are using the protest to just destroy stuff. Like that's not Yeah. Like there's actually real people out there peacefully protesting and it's being ruined yeah. because some asshole thinks it's cool to Yeah, and that's that's like a another problem. They're creating a problem that's not addressing the real problem. Yeah. But, so that's a bummer too. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Everything's good. But um, we're fine. What was have you heard of that? There's a probably a group of uh, another right wing online group of idiots called the Boogaloo Boys. Have you heard of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I've heard of the Electric Boogaloo Boys. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> they talked about it on. Oh, um, I you don't listen to Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, right? No. Yeah, that's I. I would suggest listening because I think that's it's a pretty good show, and it's pretty interesting. It's oh, almost yeah. kind of like because it's not Ben and Marcus anymore; it's Ben and uh, Travis. He's like one of the producers. Okay, and it's almost it kind of it kind of reminds me of um, side stories in a way because it's a lot you know about you know current events, but less like crazy ones, more political ones. But they were talking about this group, and basically, it's um, they want to create the second world war, a second civil war. Okay. And so they think that a lot of the people, not a lot, but some of the people who are causing the damage are members of this group trying to spark a new race war. Cool. And they call themselves the Boogaloo Boys because it started online as they want to start Civil War Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a funny idea if it was like someone was writing a sketch mm-hmm. but not if it was real yeah so that's a thing out there um and they also talked about <laughs> like the- I I can <laughs> oh man <laughs> come on they have- <laughs> They also talked about um, did you? It was uh, the Umbrella Man. Did you hear about that story in Minneapolis at the AutoZone? So I, I thought Umbrella like so I've seen the. I don't know what the Umbrella Man is at AutoZone. There was a guy holding umbrella at the CNN building. Okay, that, I don't. What was the Umbrella Man at AutoZone? It was in Minneapolis. It was one of the towards the beginning of all the protests when you know okay. the Target was looted and there was an AutoZone set on fire. There was a guy. Mm-hmm. With like a full mask, 
and like black clothing and he was holding a black umbrella and he just they have him on video just walk up to the auto zone and just break the window and then just like okay. break another window then casually walk away and then from the video people have identified him as a police officer in St. Paul okay so they don't know if he huh. was trying to like you know, make it look like the protests are more violent to then excuse the police for, you know, doing more stuff. So they don't really know. I've, I've heard a lot of that. Like, that, did you hear the shit about the bricks? Like, yeah. the hallowed of bricks? Yeah. I think they said on that on side stories. Yeah. That ended up not being true. Yeah. Yeah, there was... That an- was just, um, like, they were, they were building shit. Yeah. And there was another tweet I <laughs> saw the other day. Some woman was saying that I heard reports online of uh, Antifa bussing in 600 people to <laughs> Illinois for a what? protest. You know, I'm I'm even kind of nervous to say this, but I'm happy it hasn't happened. Like all the fucking, uh, like, uh, what are like the white supremacists, like with guns and shit. Like, remember in Charleston, like all those fuckheads. Oh, in Charlottesville. In Virginia? Yeah, I thought it was in Charleston. No, it was Charlottesville. That's, so that's, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I'm happy they haven't showed up. Uh-huh. But I'm almost kind of curious why they haven't. See, that's the annoying thing, is because for some reason down here, there's Charleston and South Carolina, uh-huh. Charlotte and North Carolina, Charlottesville in Virginia, and then Charleston and West Virginia. So, like, they didn't have, they didn't really, uh, Change their naming conventions <laughs> back then. Yeah, got lazy with it. Yeah. Um, I guess the next thing I was I saw a video last night of I think it was somewhere in Europe of uh, police marching, and there was uh-huh. a guy with like a small like bugle, and he started playing the Empire March theme from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> I kind of wish there was more of that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, like did you ever see? There's an old video of I think it was like a uh, like neo Nazi march or something like that from years ago, and there was a guy with I a, vaguely remember that. And there was a guy following them with a tuba doing their do 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 do. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> they were like he was walking with them, right? Yeah. Yes, that was amazing. Um. <laughs> I was going to say, kind of in part of this, um, I don't know if you said there was a Killer Mike speech the other day, the guy from Run the Jewels, he spoke in Atlanta, which there were some good parts, but I understand there are some, the criticisms to it, but, um, I didn't, I didn't hear what were the criticisms. Just, it was kind of like he praised, see, I don't, I don't really want to speak to it because I feel like it's more of a. I don't think I truly understand it because it's more of how okay. certain – I know there's a group of like a certain section of black people who don't necessarily you know, agree with Killer Mike a lot of times. Like okay. th- there's definitely a sentiment out there and you know, it's hard for me to really kind of explain it because I don't really uh-huh. – I just you know, admit that you know, there are maybe some issues with him because okay. I know there was something where – Back a couple of years ago, he had a video with on the NRA website of him giving oh, an okay. interview, 
it was it was around like the Parkland thing, but he was talking basically about uh-huh. like the importance of like black gun ownership. Okay. Which is kind of it's a different thing than what like the NRA wasn't the right place to talk about it, but there's definitely uh-huh. like a decent conversation there because it's interesting because like right. like you know like all the strict gun laws in California. Uh-huh. were actually passed by Ronald Reagan when he was governor in response to the fact that the Black Panther Party started arming themselves. So they were afraid yeah. that black people were having guns. Right, right. But um, the I also wanted to bring it up because the new Run the Jewels came out. Um, they decided to release it this week. It was supposed to come out later this month, but they said, fuck it, we're doing it now. <laughs> okay. So I, I listened to it a couple times yesterday. It's pretty good. And there's one song, um, Walking yep. in the Snow, mm-hmm. that has a really good um, section by Killer Mike. But, uh, okay. Uh, and then It's funny, when I first came up with the name for this section, the Fuck the Police Corner, I was reminded mm-hmm. of uh, that scene from Us, which I think is probably the best scene in the whole movie. With, uh, Us, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about with the... Um, the Alexa. Alexa, call yes. the police. <laughs> Playing Fuck the Police by <laughs> NWA. <laughs> um, but then that brings me to... I've been listening... Like, I know I was telling you last night, I've been listening to a lot of the West Wing thing. Uh-huh. And Bradley Whitford, is on, he's one of the main characters on West Wing. Okay. And they've talked about, in the past, and I looked up the article where um, he admitted it, you know the line in Get Out where Bradley Whitford says, I would have voted for Obama for a third term? Yeah. Apparently he didn't realize that was a joke when he first heard it. Yeah. No, I'm saying Why? Bradley yeah. Whitford thought he that that was a sincere comment, that that wasn't a joke. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, he didn't realize that was like one of the whitest things to say. Oh, wow. Really? Because that's what they talk about. Why? Because that's... Because he's the type of white liberal that they talk about on West Wing that don't realize the nonsense that that they perpetrate. Oh, wow. Yikes. So, wow, that's... Huh. Yeah. So he kind of, like, plated... (laughs) Hoisted by his own baton, I guess. Yeah, so he didn't realize that that was a joke. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's rough. So how did he find out? Like, when did like how did when did he say this? I guess there was an interview he gave. It's online if you if you Google it, it, it comes out the article. Uh-huh. But I guess just later okay. with conversations, and he realized with like you know with Jordan Peele that he realized that that was like the point of that line because I guess he himself like volunteered for Barack Obama when he was running. So uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I thought, you know, that's how I would feel too. I definitely would have voted for Barack Obama for a third term. But I guess he didn't realize in saying uh-huh. that to a black person, it could be one of, like, the, the stupidest things to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I thought he would have gotten it because of his character he was playing. Yeah. But that's the thing they talk about wow. on the West Wing thing. They almost wonder if Jordan Peele hired Bradley Whitford for that reason, because he has that baggage okay. of 
that type of person from playing him for seven years on the West Wing. Uh huh. And just going so back, the West Wing thing is all about Democrats. Well, the what it's it's interesting. I would I definitely would suggest listening to the podcast. I think it might it's becoming slowly becoming one of my favorite podcasts. Okay, because I just I really enjoy like Dave's take. Dave Anthony again, like I mentioned before, his kind of take yeah, on on politics and how like like this like the um, establishment Democrats are like acting and like how mm-hmm. I don't know, he he puts it better than I do, but um, it's very interesting though because it's showing how much that show has had an effect on mm-hmm. modern day Democrats mm-hmm. because basically Aaron Sorkin. He kind of created a world that didn't really exist at the time. Okay. But people who watched it um, kind of thought that's how the world works and how it should work. So they kind of using it more okay. as a documentary than a fictional drama show. And it's really interesting. I didn't even know it was popular. The West Wing? Yeah. The West Wing was huge in the late 90s. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And now, especially because people, like, they see Trump now and they're like, oh, we want to go back to the days of Jed Bartlett on the West Wing. But, like, that never existed and they think it does. And they think we need to bring the country back to that point that never existed. Existed. Wow. And uh, it's interesting because, like, a lot of um, Barack Obama's staffers, like, when they've left and wrote memoirs, like, there's Uh something now that's a... Every memoir written by an ex-Barack Obama staffer mentions the West Wing. Really? Yeah. And it's amazing how it's how it is shaped for the worst the Democratic Party. Huh. Yeah, so I definitely I would recommend um listening to that. Does it make you want to watch the West Wing? No. I I watched I watched one scene. That I had to watch. Okay. I have no interest in okay. watching that show. And you definitely don't have to watch the show to listen to it because it's okay. Because they kind of explain certain you know certain things that happen and then tie it into how that's kind of affected the world we live in. Okay. But um, they're both they just very funny too. Like they because they the other host is the guy he wrote a history of violence. Oh really? Yeah. The. the- the Vigo Mortensen vehicle? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's him and Dave were they were friends from they, they became friendly through the writers union. Really? Yep. Okay. Um, That's weird. But yeah, it's it's definitely a really good part. <laughs> there <laughs> oh, this is the last thing I'll say about it. There's a line towards the end of season one mm-hmm. where the president literally says it's nice when we can do good things for prostitutes. Okay, it's in a serious tone. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, just to piggyback, piggyback. Yep. Piggy, piggyback. Put some coins in it. <laughs> I'm gonna change it to piggy bank. Perfect. To piggy bank off of the president. Um, do you like Taco Bell? I do, but I don't like what it does to my body, so I don't really eat it. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can really eat Taco Bell anymore. Yeah. Because of the – they gave money to Trump. Yeah, that's – Yeah, that's that, that hurt. 
Yep. Oh, and that's kind of another thing in this corner that's starting to really bother me. Is um, you piggybanking off I'm, that? I'm piggybanking off of that. The New York Rangers right. are the only NHL team that has not released a statement in the wakes of what's going on in the country right now, and that's really starting to bother me. Well, what, like, what has other teams said? Like, we're against this? We're against racism, and we need to work to create a better world. I mean, all of them aren't great. The Islanders won't actually thank the police, which was kind of shitty. Wait, what did they say? They, they kind of acknowledge, like, you know, you know, racism obviously is bad and we need to fight it, but we also need to acknowledge, you know, the, the men and women of the police who put their lives on the line and stuff like that. Right. So that didn't you know, help. But it's just, I would just like some kind of acknowledgement by them. And I think it's it's... It's mainly driven by the owner, James Dolan, because the Knicks haven't done anything either. Uh-huh. And like I said, like, obviously... It's kind of funny. Yeah. I just... I always thought everyone knew it. <laughs> what? Like, I... Because... I, I just thought everyone knew it was bad. <laughs> yeah. I guess not. No, I mean... Yeah, there's definitely people who obviously are racist themselves and they don't yeah i i guess it's like i was always kind of confused like when people come out with a statement saying we are against racism yeah. like you needed to say it yeah i mean like i like, said the statement it's, the statement itself doesn't really you know do much but then you know then that leads to the argument like okay well maybe then we need teams to do more than just a statement you know they need to be more proactive in their community and helping people like less advantaged in that community. But like it's just because there's a guy on the Rangers, a defenseman. He's like he's from South Jersey, so he's kind of like, you know, South Jersey Philly trash. And uh, he's a real big like Trump guy. And he oh. he likes Trump tweets on Twitter all the time. And the other like before this started, he's like, yeah, I'm starting a podcast myself and we're going to talk about. You know, hockey and maybe talking to some political stuff and the Rangers retweeted that. But Oh really? They I have, guess because they had to or No, they don't have to. He's a player. They don't have to retweet any like they don't retweet everything their players tweet about. But Okay. It's just the fact that they promoted, you know, that shit bag with his you know, uh -huh. bullshit. But then they won't just come out with a statement. The all they have to say is really racism is bad. <laughs> Obviously it's you know doesn't really help, but it's still at least it's some acknowledgement of the situation. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. But the problem, I guess, that they feel is that, especially the Rangers and Madison Square Garden in general, have such a tight relationship with the NYPD mm -hmm. that I yeah. guess that's what they're trying to. But uh, it's it's shitty, and it's really. I don't think it's necessarily questioning my fanship, but it's definitely taking a big. Right. Kick at it. I feel like they should do, like, in really big letters, racism is... Racism... No, wait. Racism is really bad in, like, very small font. We support that. Yeah. And I, like I said, I hope it's, it's... I mean, I don't know if hope's the right word, but I think it has more to do with just James Dolan, you know, the owner of the Knicks and the Rangers who owned Cablevision is just a gigantic gaping asshole and he doesn't want to... He's a... He okay. like, doesn't want to get involved. And I would Is hope, he a Republican? He's a rich guy, so... 
Okay. Yes. <laughs> but and like like I said, I think I hope there's people with inside the Rangers organization who, if they had the ability, would make those statements public. But they're kind of being. Uh-huh. But I, I, I don't know. There's some good. There are some good players on the team that give me hope, but uh, uh-huh. it's definitely. Um, what was I going to say? There was something else I wanted to. Do you want to make this a two-parter? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> How long have we been talking? Um, we are at thirty-six minutes. Holy hell! Yeah, no, it'll be good. It'll just be a nice long episode. But uh, okay. I, well, I was going to talk about the gift after this, but we'll skip it. I don't, I don't have much more to say other than it's a shitty ending. Um, do you want, do you want to make this like, I don't know? Do you want to do like uh, a mini one and then like a re- the real one? Um, I don't know. We'll just we'll just keep going and then we'll record it and then I'll decide if I want to release it all as one or two episodes. Okay. I'm trying to think. There was something else I wanted to say, though, about... Um, James Dolan? Yeah, the Rangers and... Oh, that was... Democrat. I mean, they've had a program for a long time about, you know, promoting hockey in Harlem, and I know that's... So you almost kind of also want to look at the things they've done in the past. Like, mm-hmm. they have helped, you know, kids... You know, you know, you know, kids like who are minorities and giving them, you know, hockey equipment and creating programs for them to learn how to play hockey. So sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. the actions are more important than just words you're saying, but it's still right. Still shitty. But yeah, I think that's. Oh, and then the other thing I want to say is fuck the people from Merrick. <laughs> Did you see that shit? Well, I would. No, what happened to Merrick? There was a there was a protest in Merrick, and there was people who lived there, which Merrick, which is like ninety eight percent white, I believe. There were okay. ca- there were counter protests out there telling them to fuck off and flipping them off and really like you can't march in our neighborhood type of stuff and uh, just let them. As long as, as <sighs> honestly, if I'm fine, like uh, just let them protest, just. Let them be. Yeah. But, you know, there's those, there's, you know, that Long Island type of person, the... Dirtbag Long Island asshole, yeah. Yeah. Most, unfortunately, mostly Italian. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. But not all Italian, yeah. but, you know, the... Yeah, I know. Some 40-year-old like dude the wearing... the fucking a, dickhead Long Island people, yeah. Yeah, like the 40... Yo, what are you doing? The 40-year-old dickhead in the affliction shirt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was like dickhead, fucking asshole, Long Island people who definitely works somewhere as a contractor. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's like it's them and like a lot, a lot of like fucking red faced Irish people. Yeah, and that's the thing about like well, like you, Joe. Yeah, like exactly. You. That's the crazy thing about. <laughs> Long Island is. I feel like we a got lot of racist pe- on this one. What? <laughs> what we got think? racist on this one. Yeah. I think a we lot of people like don't realize about Long Island. Is- <laughs> we don't like Long Islanders. No, we're racist against them. No, but we're I'm just against Long Islanders. But I'm just saying that I feel like a lot of people don't realize how. We segregated- should probably cut some of this. No, it's fine. Can you let me cut him talk? 
No, I don't want to. We didn't say anything bad. Um, yeah, we said long. When we called, we ragged on Italians. We ra- I called. Well, I guess I called. I called them red faced. Yeah, no, that's. I'm not. I didn't say that. It's not all Italian people. Obviously, I'm just saying it's that type of Long Island dude who just happens to usually be Italian. <laughs> Who's a real <laughs> They're not always Italian, but they just, for some reason, tend to be. But anyway, my point I was saying is a lot of people, I don't think, realize Yeah, that's... so, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people realize how segregated Long Island actually is. Like, Yeah, it is, big time. And, like, because it's, you know, it's New York itself has such a liberal, you know... It's looked at as such a liberal place, but it's really the city that's liberal mm-hmm. outside of Staten Island, obviously. Yeah, Long Island's pretty conservative, actually. Because you think it's based on people who fled the city because it got too urban for them. Yeah. And we all know about... Yeah, the, Long Island's not great. We all know about the, the asshole Robert Moses and... Uh, yeah. Not many people know about that. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Right. Like I said, we'll we'll skip the uh, the conversation of the GIF, and like I told you before, there's no ad this week because uh, I've got too much like work. I'm, well, no, because apparently last week we um, we said too much in our ad. Apparently, we weren't secretive enough, so we got bad reviews for ads. So they're not sending us anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Okay. So we, sure. like, I mean, like I said, we're forty minutes in. I think we can get through our uh, movies. I think we we talked enough about. Like I said, I want. I don't really feel like talking about the gift anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much. It was, it was a movie that has a not great ending. Um, you know, I I thought about it. Still, uh, it's a dark ending. Um, they could have went a little bit more in depth, uh, to make it a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more character involvement to, uh, show the horribleness of what happened to another character. Right. Because that that was pretty shitty. Um, but they didn't. Um... Yeah, they, but it was, I don't know, was that his first film that he wrote? It could have been. So, I mean... So, I don't know, cut him some slack, Joe. Yeah. No, that's fair. Like I said, I don't think it was his intention, but what they... No, like I, I don't said, think so. What they depicted was that the pretty much the female character, who was, I thought, the main character, throughout the whole movie, is just used as a pawn at the end, in terms in, as a way of revenge. And they no longer, mm-hmm. like like I said, focus on that character who gets raped and how, like I said, how mm-hmm. bad it is for her. They just treat her like kind of an object. Which, yeah. like I said, is fine for a character to do in a movie, but the movie can't do it themselves. Which is, I feel, where So is your problem that it's bad storytelling or that it's, like, misogynistic? Well, I think the bad storytelling... I guess more so beds, but I, I don't know, kind of both. 
like I said, I feel okay. like they're like what they did in the movie, like that. I have no problem with that happening in a movie, but mm-hmm. you can't treat the female character as like the story itself cannot treat the female character as an object. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like I said, I, I feel like there's someone who could better explain it than I can. Right. But I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a screenwriter myself. I never took any classes, but I just feel like it's kind of a shitty thing they did at the end of that movie. Um, I think they could have done it better. I guess, like, I thought of, like, somewhat of a parallel was, like, like, say, like, the end of Seven. Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, he kills Gwyneth Paltrow, puts her head in the box. Mm-hmm. And they only focus on how bad that is for Brad Pitt. Like, he, like he's not upset that his wife is dead. For her life, but he's just mad. Oh no, my wife is dead. You know what I mean? Kind of. I don't know. I thought that's kind of what happened. Yeah, I don't know if that's the great. I don't know. Like I said, it just bothered me that Gordo kind of has like a hero's exit. Well, that's the thing. I didn't see him getting a hero's exit. I kind of saw him getting like, wow, the that he's kind of took it too far. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. I get. I like I said. I could. I think it could be interpreted different ways. Yeah, I just. I. I don't know. Uh, I. I felt yeah. like they just did a real big disservice to the her character, the humanity of her character. I don't know. That's just how I felt. I. I think you could take it that way. I think you could also take it like, holy shit, he really fucked everybody up. Yeah. Alright, let's get into uh, our movies as we are now yeah, yeah. almost 40, almost 50 minutes in. Cool, cool. This is going to be a great episode. Yeah, this one's... This, I really, really think we should do some editing on this one. Yeah. No one listens anymore. We, we have to do some editing. No, we don't. We have to learn. No, no, uh, no one listens to this anyway. We're good. We have two listeners. Maybe three. Maybe. Yeah, maybe three. So, we'll start with the movie that Chris had to watch this week, which was The Last Black Man in San Francisco from 2019. Um, According to Google, Jimmy and his best friend Mont tried to reclaim the house built by Jimmy's grandfather, launching them on a poignant odyssey that connects them to their past, even as it tests their friendship and sense of belonging in a place they call home. Chris? Um, yeah, so I mean, that you don't really find, I, okay, so you don't really find out that it's his grandfather's house until later on in the movie, right? Um, a little bit later, like not right away, I think towards the middle you find out that that's yeah. where he used to live. Okay, so I, because I was kind of confused as to why he was working on this house. I, I assumed that he lived in it. But I don't think he actually lived in it. I think I believe his father lived in it, right? No, I thought he lived in it for a couple years as a kid, maybe till he was like five or six. Okay, because when when he does that eventually get into the house, it, it kind of seemed like he. I don't. It almost seemed like he didn't. 
I don't know where, it, it didn't seem like he really, not that he didn't know where things were, but he didn't really like have memories of things. Like it didn't show him going places like, oh, I remember where this was. I remember where that was. Like, did you notice that at all? Yeah, I think part of that is to the fact that he was very little when he lived okay. there. So, like, he has more of, like, a, you know, mm-hmm. fantasy memory of it, kind of. Okay. Okay. Um, trying to see what I have. Uh, I kind of found it funny that, like, he was taking care of the house and there were already owners in the house. And yeah. they kept, like, throwing shit at him. Uh, I kind of found that funny, but I, I was just, like, really confused in the beginning as to why he was doing this. But... Um, was something right off the bat was Montgomery well, his name's Montgomery um, was did he have autism I don't know I, I think obviously he was definitely seemed like he was on some form of the spectrum yeah he definitely had something he because I, 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 the way he acted he definitely had a little bit but he also kind of had a little bit with the like he had like a photographic memory right with the drawing and stuff yeah. which, which which I thought was pretty cool um, uh, I'm trying to like look at my notes, and I don't really want to go through the entire movie. Um, he, he, well, he ends up uh, the people that are living in the house. They end up having to leave well, leave the house because there's a like a domestic thing where the mother dies. Um, do you remember exactly what happened? Like the yeah, it seemed like it was a husband and a wife who were living there, older couple, and I think yeah. It was owned by, it was either her mother or his mother, and then she died, and then either her sister or his sister, were they were fighting about the ownership of the house, so they kicked her out, because okay. I guess they wanted to still live there, but I guess the sister wanted to sell it, so she was kind of forced into selling it. Okay. So she was kicked out of the house. that confused the hell out of me. Yeah. I was not really sure what that was about. Um... Uh, something about this movie, um, it almost felt like a play. Yeah. It wasn't based on a play, right? No, apparently it's semi-autobiographical about the Yeah, I read Jimmy. that about, his name's actually Jimmy Sales, like the yeah. actor's name. Yeah, I think that's um, basically, not obviously not everything happened, happened to him, but I think yeah. basically the fact that he, you know, grew up in this old house in San Francisco and he mm. got kicked out of it when he was a kid. kind of being funny towards the end right um the, the score i really liked in the movie mm-hmm. um it was kind of like whimsical the move the, the fact that uh it actually kind of felt like a little bit tim burtony which i found really funny huh. um especially in the beginning yeah. um it was very not not tim burtony but danny elfman okay um definitely felt a little danny elfman um but he ends up uh, getting into the house like they kind of end up being squatters right um there's a really funny scene with Jello Biafra of uh Dead Kennedys okay where did you know that was him I did not so they're doing like a little uh segue tour and he's explaining what all the houses are oh and, okay yeah and uh, he's saying this house is built in like the 1850s and it's this that and the architecture's this and Jimmy comes out and tells him no it was built by my grandfather and had the high walls or to keep you all the fuck out. Yeah. 
<laughs> Jehovah Afra kind of ends up leaving, like, kind of a little embarrassed, and I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him. Uh, That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, his uh, voice is, like, kind of, like, a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I really like the, uh, I don't know, like, their names. I just kind of called them the Corner Boys. Okay. I really liked all of those characters. I thought they were really good. Yeah. Um, when Jimmy is uh, in the house, he kind of gives Mon uh, his own room. Like, I think it's the dining room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets to pick whatever um, room he wants. Yeah, he picks his own room. Um, so there, there, not much really happens. He ends up uh, going to see his aunt and um, gets all of his stuff and puts it into the house. Um, and not, I mean, not a ton happens. He's just, like, living in the house. Yeah. Um, and then one day, do you kind of meet this realtor earlier in the movie when they're trying to find out like if the house is going to be put up for sale or not right um and he kind of seems like a nice guy he they knew him when they went to school no they didn't go to the same school but um they i think they played each other when they were going to school right and he kind of seems like a nice guy he like went to the same neighborhood like they lived in the same neighborhood um so the house ends up getting put for sale and all this shit gets put outside like the guy and the trying to remember exactly what happened um this uh, Montgomery ends up going to see the guy trying to tell him like uh what was he saying something about your listings uh false like you can't see the Golden Gate Bridge um uh the fixtures are fucked up and this that yeah um and the the listing's wrong the house was built in 1946 not 1850s Right. And he gives them, like, the blueprints or whatever, saying, no, the house is built in the 1850s, and you find out the house wasn't actually built by Jimmy's grandfather. Right. So that ends up being, like, kind of a big thing. Um, so Jimmy ends up going back in the house. He moves all of this shit back in, which I don't... Apparently, you could just uh, live in a house. Uh, I, I don't know how you can do that yeah if there's an abandoned house and you live in it well obviously this part you know with squatters rights if you just stay in a house long enough with no one kicking you out you can then claim squatters rights but it's also I know part of it is if you change the gas and the electric I believe and water into your name mm-hmm. then you can almost prove residence somehow Okay. So it is almost, and that's what he did, right? I believe so. Yeah, he was. I don't know if he, I don't remember if he finished it. I know he was trying to get the water and electric and gas and stuff turned into his name. Right, and that's what he did. What he was talking about when he went to see his dad, right? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know that was a thing you could do. So as they're kind of like when they moved back into the house, um, Montgomery um, was kind of like writing a play and as this happens um one of the corner boys is killed um yeah I think the one and Montgomery he he was the one that visited them at the house that one night yeah and you can tell that he he wanted to be more like them and not wanted to be like you know hanging out with the other like guys on the street but he couldn't quite yeah he kind of had more aspirations I guess yeah so the like that actually kind of like made me sad like when I found out he died because like when uh, Jimmy and Mont like go back to uh, Mont's house with uh, Danny Glover who was really good in this and uh, that's Mont's dad mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who's blind in this movie who 
didn't have like the jazz singer eyes. He just had normal eyes. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, um, when they like, Jimmy's asking what happened and the guy like just like collapses into him crying. Like yeah. that almost kind of made me choke up a little bit. Um, but you find out Mont was writing uh, a play about him. Um, so then he ends, that's called the, the last black man in San Francisco's the play. Right. And when I was writing the, um, my notes originally, I wrote, this feels like a play. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Kind of right. <clears throat> so they end up putting on a play in the house and it's in the, the attic, I guess. Yeah. I think they call it the so, witch's hat or something like that. What was that? They call it like the witch's hat or something. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, the house. Is fucking gorgeous. Like yeah. a really cool house. Um, so they, they set up this really elaborate play and was it so that he could just tell him that the house wasn't made by his grandfather? I don't know. Uh, could have been. Maybe. I mean, I know he wanted to write this play, but like, he's like, all right, I can also tell him that. And it wasn't built by his grandfather. Yeah, I think, I guess what he was trying to do with it was, because, you know, at this point, they were already kicked out of the house. He he forces his way back in, and he's been going with this guy on a daily basis to fix up the house. And he feels like he has mm-hmm. such, like, this unhealthy attachment with this house, and, and he can't live his life because all he does is focus on this house. So I think he's right. trying to break that spell, saying, like, Yes, I understand this house is important to you, but there's more important things than worrying about this house. And part of that is by showing that it's not built by your grandfather. It's just another house where your family happened to live. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I, I mean, I kind of knew it wasn't just an elaborate thing. Like, I knew he probably wrote this play because he had been doing it, like, right. before doesn't everything. He had, but he's like, I could probably sneak it in. Doesn't he at some point... So. When he's writing the play, say something like he doesn't have a good ending yet. Is my, my, my I making think that he up? does. Yeah. So, so maybe that was probably like, all right, yeah, he, this will be my now. ending. Yeah. So he at the end he tells Jimmy like this was not your grandfather's house. So he like Jimmy kind of storms out and everybody kind of starts to leave. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of pictured like some guy standing up at the end and just clapping his hands saying bravo. Yeah. it all i mean it all kind of like everyone kind of separates from there Uh um the house ends up getting sold um jimmy moves back with um mon and his dad (laughs) um um, and it's kind of sad like mon um not jamon jimmy ends up like leaving like he writes um in the playbill for last black man in San Francisco that uh, I could uh, didn't know how to say goodbye um, leaving yeah. which was which really sad um, yeah. I mean I think, feel like you could probably figure out a way yeah but I um, guess maybe he feels that he needs to be somewhere else that if he's in the city he will always gravitate towards that house yeah maybe I mean that's probably why honestly um so Mon ends up going back to the open house for uh, the house, mm-hmm. and he's looking around, um, and he ends up hiding in the bookcase. I didn't realize that was like a hidden bookcase when um, 
Jimmy, like, because when Jimmy's fixing up the house, there's a part where he's working on it and he ends up breaking something. Yeah. But when Mont hides in there and, like, pops out and scares this couple, yeah. I laughed really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I think the, like, one of the last scenes is Mont, they're, like, they're kind of, um, right on, I think it's San Francisco Bay they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, right where Mont and his father's house is on. Right. Um, and, like, the night before Jimmy left, he was looking at this picture um, in Mont's room of... It was like a sailboat on, on the ocean. Right. And you, it shows this shot of Mont looking out into the ocean and then Jimmy in a boat. Now, do you think Jimmy actually was on a boat? Or do you think that was just Mont thinking of, like, Jimmy might maybe on a boat? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good because question. Because, I, I mean, there was nothing... Jimmy, why would he, like... I, I kind of see that as him just like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. And there was nothing to indicate that he would ever... Like, why would he go on a boat? <laughs> right. Yeah, I almost feel like it's kind of comparable to another movie we that you did previous, um, the Florida Project kind of ending, where, like... yeah. Maybe it's more of a, you know, fantasy type, you know, ending. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was there's nothing in the movie to really indicate that anything else was fantasy, which leads me to think that it probably was real, but it doesn't seem realistic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, don't know. I just, I think, it was, I think it was just a very good way to end this type of movie, though, I felt like it was a... Yeah, it was decade. kind of like... The movie was somewhat kind of like... Magical's kind of a strong word. But, um... Yeah. I, I don't know, like, what else... It was kind of... It was a very endearing movie. Yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And, and now that I'm thinking, it's almost like a... Like a... More... Down-to-earth... Wes Anderson movie, like more grounded in reality. Wes yeah. Anderson film. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, like if Wes Anderson didn't go batshit crazy. Yeah. And had a ball of clay in his hand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy you liked it because I remember um, when I watched it because I watched it um, the weekend of the Oscars. Uh-huh. Because. Um, Every year when the Oscars come out, I try to watch as many of like the nominated films as I can. Mm-hmm. And like that weekend, I was watching a bunch of movies, and I think it was Saturday night. And I'm like, "Well, there's really no more like nominated movies that I could mm-hmm. watch because either like I saw them already, or the ones that weren't available to stream or anything." So mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, let me just watch this one because I know people were talking about it." And I, I honestly thought it was like <laughs> better than most of the movies that ended up being nominated that year. Oh, really? Okay. Like, like I felt like it definitely got way overlooked for Academy Award attention. Uh-huh. And, like, I felt like it wasn't even really in the conversation, but uh-huh. it, I felt like it definitely should have been. Yeah. Because, I mean... And I, uh, I think Mont, like, kind of stole it. Yeah, I he was great. I think was better, Mont or Jimmy? I think Mont, he seems more of a, the professional actor. 
Yeah, I, I, thought, I would, and he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jimmy was bad, but you can definitely tell that this is one of his first like acting roles, kind of. Right, right. But he was still very good. But I felt Mont. Yeah, he was great. I definitely feel like Mont has more. Like he had the more like you know experience. Yeah, there the, there was a scene where he was where he got all of his stuff back into the house uh-huh. after it was all put on the street, where. He was basically telling them, like, you can come back to live with us. Right. And, like, tears started streaming down his face. I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, he was good. I guess the last thing I have to say about the movie is it just it illustrates how sucky, I think this is probably an understatement, like how, you know, gentrification is ruining, you know, cultures and neighborhoods that existed mm-hmm. and it's definitely a you know a huge problem that you know deserves more i don't know attention or but like it's almost like we're wiping out i don't know i don't know wiping yeah. out but it's just yeah it just sucks that like you know cultures that have existed in an area for so long get wiped out and yeah they're, they're they're fleeting yeah and get replaced the, the by one scene on the bus that I, I mean, I was great seeing, but something you said I don't necessarily agree with. Okay. Where the two girls on the bus are, are saying that they hate San Francisco. Uh-huh. And he says, you don't get to hate it if you didn't love it. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think you need to love something to hate it. I think you just need to understand it. Yeah. Yeah, I can, right? uh, yeah, I can kind of... I guess it's just. Were they from San Francisco originally? I don't know if it's something about um, that. Like it's something like you don't, you're not a part of this. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I, I kind of understand Man. what you're saying. Look, I, I think he was mainly. I, I that very well could have been that they weren't from there. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you're taking it literally, like, you need to love this place before you can hate it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, like I said, maybe more understand or just kind of like, live the actual experience of right. a place before you can pass judgment on it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, I thought it was a really good movie. Definitely, I think, overlooked a little bit. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Like and God that. bless A24. Yeah, they do some real good stuff, don't they? Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll, uh, yeah, we, you know, we're still good on time. We're not bad. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to uh, what I had to watch this week, uh, The Conjuring from mm-hmm. um, 2013. I know this. Were you scared? There were some times, but it, w- it wasn't too bad. Not okay. as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, from 2013, and this might take a while because this description is unnecessarily long. In 1970, paranormal investigators and demonologists Lorraine Vera Famiga and Ed Patrick Wilson Warren are summoned to the home of Carolyn Lily Taylor and Roger Ron Livingston Perron. The Perrons and their five daughters have recently moved into a secluded farmhouse where a supernatural presence has made itself known through the manifestations are relatively benign at first. Events soon escalate in horrifying fashion, especially after the Warrens discover the house's macabre history. 
Did you hear my fart sound? I did hear your fart sound. So my first yeah, note... a bunch of con artists. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, my first note, um, Annabelle, which is the doll you see in the opening, yeah. obviously has then spawned the Annabelle movies. Yeah, which I don't get. Like, I really don't care for Annabelle. So I guess they're... Are they prequels to The Conjuring? Uh, yeah, the first Annabelle movie is. Um, the second one, I don't remember. I don't even know if I saw the second one, actually. That, that Definitely the first one is, though. And then my next note is um, ridiculous music. Oh, wait, no, I don't know, actually. I'm sorry. You sorry? What? What are you sorry for? That, that I didn't remember. Oh. Well, my Not next, for interrupting you, I don't uh, care. Yeah, you don't give a shit about that. My next <laughs> no. note is uh, ridiculous music. Because in the scene where the the two roommates are like telling their story about Annabelle, uh-huh. there's like some cartoonish, scary music being played. Like it kind of took me out. I of, forget like, who that is. It it took me. It's like a score. It's not like an actual song. Uh-huh. But the score, it just took me out. Like it, like I'm like, oh, I'm this isn't <laughs> scary anymore because this music is just stupid. Which I thought I was hoping wasn't going to be the case for the rest of the movie, which it wasn't. Um, right. And then my next note is, what do people call you? Because now they're that you show that they're actually giving a presentation about Annabelle, uh-huh. and I was going to say Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so now, so now um, you see a family. Like I said in the description, the family moves into a farmhouse, um, mm-hmm. and I said the dog is like, "Nah, fuck this," because he will not go in. <laughs> like he senses what's going on. There's no way he's going in the uh-huh. house. And then I said, "This is an unnecessary amount of kids." Like I've, I know they had five daughters. Right. But I felt like when they got out of the car, when they were unpacking, I'm like, how many more daughters are keep showing up in these rooms? Like, <laughs> how many goddamn kids do they have? And then I said, yeah, I'm leaving after surprise hidden basement reveal. Like, once I yeah. see, oh, wait, this house has a boarded up basement. It's like a room of horrors. Yeah, I'm no longer living in this house. I'm, I'm out. It's an extra room, Jeff. More space. Yeah, but why is it boarded up? I feel like... <laughs> Um, it's a surprise. Yeah. And then, uh, so, you know, yeah. the kids are playing, you know, their game, and it, it's it's nighttime now, the first night in the house, and uh, husband and wife are talking, and you're realizing that they're going to get down to some uh, business. So I said, for God's sake, dude, pull out, because they have enough <laughs> kids. Like, you should probably stop. Um, then yeah, I, I don't know how they're supporting that family, especially with him being a truck driver. Yeah, well, I guess it's the '70s and back when people got paid living wages for an entire family, not the world we kind of live in today. Uh, they got paid more than compared to cost for stuff. Huh. Like you were able to actually, you know, if you worked a regular job, you actually had enough money to support your family. <laughs> you didn't have to work two huh. or three jobs. Yeah, the '70s were a crazy time. Oh, that's dude. sweet. Yeah. Um, my next note is cold means ghosts, because obviously when they're saying, oh, it's so cold in here, I'm like, yep, there, there's ghosts in here, because I learned that from six. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
And then my next thing is I'm surprised you recommended this movie because there's a dead dog now. I didn't yeah, think yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and I said nothing creepier than a little girl because this is the part when the girl was sleepwalking and banging her head into like yep. the, the closet thing. Mm-hmm. And why is there is nothing creepier than a little girl acting creepy? Like from The Shining um, and... Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. They just are. Yeah. And then uh, my next note here is uh, two weeks with dead birds because last week in the lighthouse he killed the... <laughs> The seagull? Yeah. And now in this movie, a bird flies right into the side of the house. Huh. Maybe I should give you dark skies for the next movie, because that a whole bunch of birds fly into a house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, you know, these the people living in this house and just more creepy stuff starts to mount up. That's really all that's happened so far. Um, obviously, the yep. dead dog and... The girl banging her head into the closet. And then I said, uh, it's crazy when the better option is to go back to New Jersey. <laughs> they should just yeah, isn't that fucked up? <laughs> like, they're way better off in New Jersey, which is not something I always thought I would say. Said no one ever. Um, and then my next note was ghost clap, because that was definitely a ghost that clapped in the, the closet. Yeah, isn't that a good scene? Like, yeah. That's pretty well done. And it's funny because they call this game that the kids are playing a uh, hiding clap or something like that, where they get like uh-huh. three claps to find them. And then I just thought yeah. of like a bad like hack Ron- Ronnie Dangerfield type joke, saying like, uh-huh. "Huh, the hiding clap? That's what I used to call when I had sex in the closet." <laughs> like some stupid like he would hide yeah. and get the clap, like something stupid like that. Yes, that is a terrible Rodney Dangerfield joke. And that just all every time they oh. talk about the game, that's all like, huh, huh, hiding clap. Oh. Oh. Hide clap. I get no respect. no respect. I get no respect. <laughs> Take my wife, please. <laughs> Uh, my next note is Tommy poster because the older daughter has a poster for who's Tommy in her room, which was kind of cool. It was next to that uh, closet. Yeah, cool. And then I said, "Okay, fuck that thing," because it's the first time you see whatever the creature is on top of the closet when it jumps on the. Yeah, uh, cool, right? Yeah, that was that was that was great. Did that scare you? That's like I said, I didn't really get scared in this movie startled get startled i'm trying to think if there was ever there was definitely moments where i thought oh something's gonna pop out but nothing was really like i don't think the jump scares were that jumpy like i thought they kind of um padded them a little bit i don't know yeah you knew something was gonna happen yeah um and then this is when uh, the father comes back home and he just hears screaming and he comes in like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And I'm like, everyone is just having a real bad case of the Mondays. Because <laughs> obviously it's <laughs> Ron Livingston. Yeah, good one. Um, and then, oh, so now you see that the Warrens are teaching another class. So this is when the mother of the, you know, the family that's having the haunting, um, mm-hmm. she's visits them at a presentation and I'm pretty sure that was the real Lorraine Warren in the classroom. Did you 
know that or did you oh really that? i didn't even notice because no. there's a one point where they kind of like they do a tracking shot like not a tracking shot but they do kind of like a shot over like the people watching the presentation to focus in that you uh-huh. see that the mother's in like towards the back of the room and it goes right past this older woman because i looked up pictures of them before i started the movie okay and i'm pretty sure because she was still alive then i'm pretty sure that was her in the classroom I know yeah, she, she would be in it. She consulted on the uh, movie. Um, hold on. So yeah, I think that was definitely her in that classroom. Um, okay. <laughs> my next note is, uh, yep, haunted, because this is when they go investigate the house for the first time. And like, uh, okay. they're going through all the things that have happened. Like, yeah, this is really adding up to a haunting. Like, you know, it's been cold. Uh, I have bruises all over me. We smell rotted meat. <laughs> the, all the clocks haunting, stop haunting, at a certain haunting. time. You know what I mean? Oh. oh, yeah, it's all haunted. Yeah, so I'm like, this is definitely <laughs> haunted. Like, it's just funny how, like, with all the evidence after each other really stacks up. Um, and then I said, this is about... Um, the daughter of the Warrens, where she was like, I just miss you, mom and dad. You know that part I'm yeah. talking about? And I wanted to say, like, bitch, yes. at least you're not haunted like this other family. You just miss them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe you are now because you see that the tape recorder just turned on. So obviously the the demon is, like, following anyone who was ever there. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of found that whole side plot kind of stupid. Yeah. And then I said, this is the corona of ghosts. <laughs> it affects and spreads like crazy. Um, and I said, they really should do better buying a house research, these people. Like, they, because, like, right, the yeah. Warrens easily this found all this. Notes. What? You think this would have been, like, you've been able to find this out. Yeah, because, like, the Warrens found out all this information about everyone who's lived in this house and all their tragic deaths in, like, one night. Right. <laughs> um, and then I went back to, fuck the police, because there's a guy who shows up who's a police officer. He's, like, part of the investigation <laughs> team. And the one guy's like, what are you going to do, shoot the ghost? <laughs> And then I said, uh, this movie kind of takes a bullshit stance on Satanism. Like. Oh, why? What happens again? Well, because they, they say that the, the woman, um, like going back to the 1800s, she was like a descendant of one of the witches from Salem. Okay. And uh, like they were saying like she practiced Satanism and that's why she's so evil. But I feel like yeah. Satanism is, is used as yeah, like a trope. You. Yeah, like obviously in the 80s with the satanic panic. Like not like not all Satanists, right. like that's not really the main point of Satanism, like true Satanism. No. And see, I mean, depend on the type of Satanism, true too. Like the Levain Satanism, I mean, really, there's all, there's too many types. Right. I mean, there there's good and bad. I'm guessing she was doing the bad type. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when they go down to uh, investigate in the basement for the first time, he like pulls out like a, mm-hmm. I guess it's, I don't know if it's UV light or some kind of microphone, and he hits the light bulb, like going down. 
Okay. I'm like, that was probably definitely a mistake that he just handled really well. Because like he right. pulls out the thing and hit and the light bulb shakes, yes. but he doesn't it doesn't like phase him. And I feel like they're like, okay, let's keep that in. We kind of like how you just how it makes it seem more realistic. I just thought that was an uh-huh. interesting thing that I mean it could have been scripted, but it felt like it was definitely something that they just went with. And then I said, how did they? Uh-huh. How I'm did they? Like you didn't mean to. Yeah, and I said, how do the Warrens make money? Like they're not charging this family, but they're living with them for what looks I'm, like a couple of weeks. I'm guessing they didn't charge this family. No, but like, are they paying? Like, they had the cop get involved. Are they paying a cop or like um, or this other like research? I don't family? know. I'm guessing any other family, they ask for a lot of money. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they get money for speaking. Um, yeah, I think they definitely get got money for speaking. Um, I guess maybe the types of, like, maybe if it was nothing, they asked for money. Yeah. And then I said, uh, it can change the weather, because it looked like the ghost changed the weather outside. When she's like, I, she's, I never noticed that. She's like hanging up laundry, and then like the wind picks up, and the cloud comes in, and then like the blanket flies off the clothesline, and obviously lands on a spirit, and then the spirit flies up to the. Oh bedroom. yeah. So that's cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Ghost control wind. You didn't know that. No, I didn't know that ghosts can control the weather. Oh no, I don't know about fall weather. Just wind for sure. Oh, uh, but no, they like brought in storm clouds too. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Oh, I mean, okay. there goes. Gotcha. And then I said, uh, yep. she's possessed now because that mother definitely got possessed when that thing threw up in her mouth. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of the, the part in uh, that movie, um, the end of, was it the end of the world? Wasn't, no. What was the name of that movie? World, not world, oh, this is the end. The uh-huh. Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, when Jonah Hill gets possessed. Yeah. Is this, is this compelling, oh, Jay? Because it's not really so compelling. It doesn't feel very compelling. <laughs> um, and then my next note. Did you ever hear the uh, comedian Rory Scoville? Yeah. I was just picturing every time they talked about this ghost Rory, it'd be funny if it was just like Rory Scoville would just pop up like normal looking, just like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's me. It's Rory. I'm the ghost. Boom. Rory Scoville. Boo! <laughs> um, and then I said, "Oh, that's a cool new elevator because the uh, uh, Lorraine falls through the floor, like in the um, dumb waiter, like, like the crawl space or whatever." Yeah. To the basement, and then I'm like, "Did she just bob herself?" Because I think I thought she got trapped behind the walls at one point. Remember from Bob's Burgers when he gets trapped in the crawl space? Okay, I was trying to figure out what the fuck you were talking about. Yes, she did bob herself. Yes. Yeah. And then I said, that's one fat ghost, because she sees that woman (laughs) sitting in the basement. (laughs) She was a big woman. And then she said, she made me do it. That was a a good line. Um, And then at this point, uh, the ghost comes, like, I guess back up the stairs, and it's throwing the, like, one of the girls, it grabs one of the girls by the hair, and it's, like, throwing her around the living room. Yeah, that was a cool scene. And I said, but it's it's almost comical at this point. <laughs> like, it's it, it's like, a little goofy looking. Yeah, like it almost seemed like something that would be out of like a scary movie film. <laughs> like, 
being pulled by yeah, the hair. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little like Poltergeist. Yeah. And then I said, oh. Did so, you ever see that? Uh, no, I have not. Oh. Well. And then I said, uh, so the ghost travels through lockets now? I guess that's it. Okay. Because, uh, you know, Lorraine leaves her locket and then it, then it goes to the their house and threatens the daughter. Um, Joe, do you not know a lot about ghosts? I guess not. I, I, I never really studied them. I mean, number one, they're not real. Right. Number two, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> Number three, they're not real. So then I said, oh, cool, the haunted room is open. Because <laughs> when the daughter goes out, because <laughs> the, the, the Warrens keep a room full of all their haunted stuff. And then I'm like, is this yeah, like... what this? a great room. I'm like, is this going to be like the scene in Ghostbusters where all the ghosts get, like, escaped from the uh, trap? Like when uh, the EPA <laughs> guy uh, shows up. And that's an, like this. I'm going off on a tangent now, but that's something kind of fucked up about Ghostbusters. Like, I love that movie, but it seems kind of shitty to make the guy from the Environmental Protection Service or agency like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like a weird stance yeah. on environmental. Yeah, that is kind of. It's kind of mean. Yeah, mean spirited. But I like. I was just thinking, like, we're gonna start seeing like ghost driving taxis or like. <laughs> the Titanic return. <laughs> um, and then I said, when the chairs are rocking, don't come a knocking because the rocking chair gets hurled across the room. Because <laughs> you see there's a ghost holding Annabelle and uh, fucks up their rocking chair. And then I said, how close do they uh-huh. live to the other family? Because, like, they get the call that um, – the mother has left with the two daughters, like the haunt, because mm-hmm. obviously she's possessed. And then they just, they're able to get there in like an hour. Like, did they really only live an hour away from um, them? I'm guessing they lived as close as um, Dr. Loomis lived in the <laughs> hotel. I was just, I was just uh, going to bring that. Michael Myers. <laughs> I was just going to make that reference. <laughs> <Myself>. <laughs> And then I said, uh, <laughs> then I said, fucking trigger happy cops. Because <laughs> the cop yeah, just yeah. shoots open the door. <laughs> and then I said, because uh, at this point, like, the wife is in the basement. They're trying to subdue her. She was going to, like, kill one of the kids. And then she takes a bite out of the cop's face. And I'm like, I wonder if that tasted like bacon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zing. Yeah. <laughs> Rare. <laughs> Um, and then I said, uh, now it's the birds, because <laughs> there's a swarm of birds just flying into the house. So now this movie is turned into... They control into birds. This, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. And then I said, uh, mm-hmm. my next note is, the husband is saying, stop killing her. Like, stop it, you're killing her, when they're trying to do the uh, exorcism. And I'm like, uh-huh. so if they stop, you're just, just going to live with a possessed wife for the rest of your life? It's like, either she's dead... Yeah. Or she's alive, but then she'd just be possessed if you stop. <laughs> and then I guess the ghost is now able to shoot guns. I guess this is something else I didn't know about ghosts. Because it like no, shoots you really got to get on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like you know they keep doing the exorcism, and then the, the woman gets 
you know, gets broken free from the chair, and uh, she uh-huh. gets out, and, and now they track down the other daughter because one daughter is safe, and she's tracking down the other daughter, um, who is being held kid like as, you know, under the floor, and then the the acting by the uh, mother was really good because she was creepy as hell. Like when uh-huh. she was, like when they when she says um, when Patrick Wilson calls her, uh, was it Bathsheba or something like that when she says the name. Yeah, that was the demon's name. Yeah, but I just felt like she acted that scene really well. And then I guess they're able to perform the exorcism. The woman gets free from her ghost, and I guess it's kind of happy after <laughs> happy ever after after that. You see the family move out of the house. Um, Patrick Wilson, they go back home. They bring the because there was like a music box the whole time that was like used as the like I guess one of the possessed things. So now that gets added to their room of horrors. Yep, there and, goes. Uh, and then so I guess um, so I guess when they says, "Oh, there's a case on Long Island," then I'm guessing that's Amityville. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Um, yeah, that was the Amityville uh, murders. Because I guess they were. That, um, they really that investigated was the, that. The Fayo murders. Yeah. But well, I guess no, that was. Trying, that wasn't actually the DeFeo murders. That was the who who came after them, not the DeFeos. It was well, yeah. There was the, the family that buses. yeah, who had the you know there was actually a murder there, but then it was the family that moved in after saying it was haunted. Right, and the DeFeo murders are way more interesting than the fucking Lutzes because yeah. the Lutzes, I don't think, I think that's all made up. Yeah, um, and then I said, oh, this shit ain't over because the music box has opened and then that's the end of the yep. movie um and the second one is terrible is it is it the same case yeah. or do they do a different case I'm guessing they probably do yeah it's the oh, I forget the case it's an English case they did it on last podcast yeah. where they it's this little girl that like she speaks of like in this old man's voice uh uh-huh. Uh, it's like the Edel something. Uh, I, can't, I don't remember the name of it. Um, they fucking made up their own story with this movie. Oh, all right. Um, all right so the con- the first one's really the only good one. Yeah, of the Conjuring, uh, I-, I like the first one really only out of all of them, uh, uh-huh. like Annabelle and all that shit. So that's all you need to see. Uh, that's good. But I said overall, it was a good movie. Um, I felt it was a little bit on the religious side. Well, yeah, the Warrens and their dumb religion. Yeah. Uh, but I thought the writing was good, and it was more than just jump scares, because that's kind of what I don't necessarily like about like the mainstream horror movies, is I feel like it's not there's no real story. It's right. just You're just here to make me scared. Right. Which yeah, I don't like Trump scares either. They need to be used well, and there needs to be like a story. Like I thought they really set up, you know, the history with Lorraine about how Patrick Wilson was worried about her for, because like you know there were stakes with them. Like he doesn't want her to have the same. Like he realized how big of a toll like this takes on her. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, like I thought yeah, that quote was all, unquote that was all you know set up pretty well, and you know the story with the. The history of the house was interesting too, um, but it's funny. I was gonna compare like mainstream horror movies 
to me, are almost similar to musicals. Okay. In the way that, like, I don't like, like, I will watch a musical if it has a good story, but I don't want to just sit around and watch a movie about songs. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I feel about horror movies. Like, I'll watch a horror movie that has a good story, but I don't want to just sit around for the okay. experience of being scared. Does that... Oh, okay. Kind of I, mean, I can see that. Um, I don't agree with it. I, I, I enjoy being scared. No, I know. That's what I said. Like, and people enjoy musicals, but I just, I don't personally... Right. Like, I'm not just going to watch... Yeah, I get it. Like, like a, I mean, I guess parent, like... Paranormal Activity still had somewhat of a story, but I guess maybe the later incarnations where it was just about... Like, the story... Jump yeah, the story comes second to we just want to create scary moments. Right. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, I I have a real hard time getting scared anymore. It's kind of I I have a better job of getting visceral reactions from movies. Right. Um. That that I I don't know I, that it's easier to do that by finding more intense movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting but getting scared is a lot harder to do. Um. But I was, it was also shot really well, I thought. Um, yeah. Like I like couple, James Wan a lot. Yeah, a couple of, like, I really liked the way they did the first investigation in the basement when it was, like, the lighting from, like, um, just, like, that camera. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they showed, like, he showed the, because I guess it was the cop character, he was carrying the camera that just had, like, the flashlight over it. And mm-hmm. I, just, I thought that. You know, scene was shot pretty cool, and then also the scene with um, the Warren's daughter when she's in the hallway. I thought that was a really cool, like when she wakes up at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool scene. And there was another one too, where um, right before they do the exorcism, where uh, Lorraine Warren comes up from the basement, and the camera kind of switches to upside down. You know what I'm talking about? Like she goes out to the car shot. to get. No. She goes out to get the Bible, and as she's doing it, like the shot turns back normal but then as she gets back to the basement it flips back upside down again oh that sounds like a cool shot I don't really remember it though it was pretty cool um and I said and I also I thought Patrick Patrick Wilson is a really good actor I enjoy yeah him and Vera Farmiga I thought were very good and of course the mother like I said Lily Taylor I thought she did a really good job when she was possessed um yeah yeah she gave it her all because Patrick Wilson, I like Robert Wilson. He yeah, he's, he's good too. Um, I mean, he's not a great actor, but I just like him. No, yeah. Because um, Patrick Wilson was in Fargo season two, which I recently rewatched a couple months ago. Okay. And he's really good in that. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, the moral of the story is: uh, do not buy a house at an auction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Because that really, that really. I guess that's why else. they didn't know anything about it. Yeah, they, as I said, they need to do their research better. Yeah, I guess, I guess you know, Joe, they didn't have a chance to. Well, that's all I have to say about uh, the movie. I guess. Oh, I guess what I wanted to say too was I looked, I did some research on uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and I guess obviously they've been, you know, kind of accused of making a lot of stuff up and. Yeah, and I guess uh, like the real story that the movie is based on 
I guess people like they claim a lot of that happened, but apparently like they didn't uh-huh. actually perform an exorcism in real life, and uh, I think it was also spread yeah, out because yeah. I think the family lived in that house for nine years. I think it said. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. All right, do you have anything I mean, to add to this movie? Spice it up. It's a movie. Yeah. Do you have anything? Um, no. It, it was a probably one of the more like one of the better ghost movies to come out in a while. Yeah. I mean, at a time where they're all like the first person ghost movies. Right. Well, I'm happy I don't have to watch any more of the Conjuring movies then. Yeah, yeah, one. I don't need to. All right, so do you want to uh, switch to what we're going to watch next week and wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, wrap, wrap this bitch up. Because right, I think you I, you suggested yours first last time, so I'm going to suggest mine. And uh, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this movie. And I'm going to no. have you watch Parasite. Oh, thank you. I've been wanting to watch that. It's on Hulu? Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it is. And I think it's a good time to talk about it. Is it? I don't know. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Are you going to say your pick? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you are going to watch The Guest. Oh, I already watched that. Oh, bummer. <laughs> All right. Well, um... You are going to watch The Guest. You are definitely going to watch The Guest. You are going to watch... Um, it's weird. It's on Netflix. Nope. It's on... Amazon, but it's not on Prime. It's it's you can watch it, but it's with commercials. So it's that, is it that IMDb thing? No, I don't think so. Like it doesn't say IMDb. Um, it's called Dahmer. Dahmer is it? It's not My yeah, Friend what, Dahmer, is it? What? It's not that movie called My Friend Dahmer or something like that. No, no, it's uh, with Jeremy Renner. It's called Dahmer? Yep. Let me look it up. It's actually, um... From 2002? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's... You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to give you an option. You can either watch that, or you can watch Rosemary's Baby. What would you rather watch? Well, here's the thing. I've already watched Rosemary's Baby, so... Alright, so you're not watching that. Uh, so apparently it's on Tubi TV, so I think that's why it has commercials. No, it was, it's on Prime. I know, but... Like, it's on Amazon. Okay. I will, uh, Like, when I go to Amazon to watch it? Yeah. It's there? All right, well, it's... As long as it's available, I'll watch it, and make sure I will I want you to watch it on Amazon. Okay. As long as I don't have to watch and my there friend Dahmer. Only- don't want you to watch it on Tubi. Okay. You got it. I swear to God, if you watch it on Tubi... <laughs> what are you going to do? I'll be really, really 
mad. So is there anything else you want to say at the end of this podcast? The last two weeks we kind of rambled at the end. We should try to probably avoid that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to change my pick. Yes. You are going to watch The Guest. (laughs) Oh, good. I haven't seen that movie. All right. (laughs) So Dahmer it is. Dahmer it is. All right. So do you have a close? Do you have a closing line? Um, from your movie. Was there anything uh, that they really said in that movie that would be quotable? Um, the witch, the witch's hat. Because right, I'm going to say she made me do it. Cool. Play us out, Johnny. I didn't like this. I want to go home.